This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I might be wrong here, but I think we might be kind of finishing up on the Bruins topics. I know we're only 40 minutes in, but um, speaking of party atmosphere, the the all-star festivities in Toronto, I, I did want to get to those because there was definitely a couple of storylines coming out of there. Um, and I, I was curious, was it for you guys, was there a main storyline or takeaway from, because it's not just the all-star game and the, and the competition and whatnot certain certain uh, principles in the NHL make themselves available to the media. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody you saw any interviews or heard anything that kind of struck your ear. I have one in mind, um, but I'll throw it to you guys. The Nikita Kucherov situation, just the overall, the all-star weekend in general, just thoughts on it, storylines, takeaways. You said party atmosphere. So. Yeah, I was going to say, Bridget is definitely adding to the party atmosphere on YouTube. She has a a, a light behind her that is re- really just going crazy. Um, uh, so that Brian, mine might be the same as yours, but for me, the, the biggest news really had nothing to do with the all-star game, but it's that the NHL is returning to the Olympics in 2026 and 2030, which was expected, but is now great to have that on the record and official. Uh, there will also be in two, 2025, um, they're calling it the four nations face-off between U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland. They didn't announce the host cities, but there was a report that Boston and Montreal are the two kind of leading candidates to, to host that tournament, um, which on the one hand is you know pretty exciting. We'll get to see some elite international hockey at the Garden if that happens. On the other hand, the, the real bummer is that uh, the Czech Republic is not Part of that tournament. Um, so you don't get to see David Posenak, the biggest star in Boston. Um, they should have, like, it shouldn't be four nations. It should be, like, Canada, U.S., like, Northern Europe, Eastern Europe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this region of Europe, that region of Europe. Like, in the past, it has been Team North America versus, you know, Team Europe. But, yeah, you're missing out on some really good players if you're taking away, like, Slovakia, Czech Republic. Like there's there's plenty of other people from that part of Europe that you could have figured out I think a way to get in. Well, and and Scott, how how presumptuous of you to assume that it would be the TD Garden? What if it's Hockey Town or or Warrior? Uh, what if it's what if it's uh Songa Center? <laughs> yeah, I mean so Connor McDavid just banking pucks off the off the giant wall at Hockey Town. The brick wall. It's like it's like Gretzky 3D <laughs> hockey '97. Um, so, yeah. How do you guys feel about? I mean, that's the, what's the logic behind it? Because you, I, I, I read. I forget who it was. It was a Boston 
journalist that I maybe it was Matt Porter, but mentioned I like I think it was assuming yeah. you're going where I think you're going. Yeah. 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 As to why it would be the four teams and it's, and, and you want to take it away, Scott. Yeah. So th- the main reason is that this is a completely NHL owned and operated tournament, which means it's going to be all NHL players. And those are the only four countries with enough NHL players to fill out an entire roster as, as Matt Port Matt Porter pointed out, uh, there's actually only three defensemen from the Czech Republic in the NHL right now. So that's obviously not enough for a team. Um, on the one hand, I get that. On the other, it's still, it still seems pretty silly to me. Like I'm sure there's a couple floating around the AHL or you have to go to like Canadian juniors or NCA or whatever. Like you can figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. Prospects can't prospects that were drafted count like as NHL. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they could yeah. also do something like they did for the, um, you know, for the, for the, for the world cup of hockey or, or, or the, whatever it was back in like 2016, like maybe, yeah. To Bridges point, maybe you do, you do us, Canada, Finland, Sweden, and then you do a team Europe and you know, the, the, the 23 and under or, or something like that, you know? And, and, and of course I, I should also mention like the other, you know, elephant in the room here is Russia is not a part of this tournament. Obviously you could fill out a full Russia roster, but they remain banned from international competition um, because of the war in Ukraine. Um, the IIHF president said there would be a decision on pot- Russia's potential involvement in the 2026 Olympics, you know, coming at some point, but that will, that will obviously include the, the international Olympic committee, the IOC, in addition to just, um, you know, the hockey bosses. And Russia has been banned in the past, not for even wars, but for just like doping at like extreme levels. And like, there's been so many reasons they've not been in the Olympics or they've had to compete under the Russian Olympic committee flag or whatever. Right. Yeah, which which is like another option where they're they're not officially Team Russia, but it's still you know a Russian see, team. See, I think I think you know Russia aside, and again, that's the, the whole Russia involvement thing. It's it's doesn't matter like what you think about it. Like that's just the reality of the situation. Um, so it's that's why we don't mention them. Um, but like I yeah, I think there's definitely a way to ice six teams. Like I said, you do U.S., Canada, Finland, Sweden. And then to have a and to match that right, like to match those powerhouses, yeah, you have a team Europe that has, you know, uh, the, like like a Pashnak and a dry settled teams that you know can't fill out a full roster. So you kind of you give them a, a couple of superstars here and there, and then if you can ice a you know a twenty three and under type roster, you do that too, like the team North America. Um, international best on best is better at all is better than nothing. Um, but you do kind of wish like you would get a little bit more than the four teams. But as it pertains to the Olympics, so 2026, uh, forgive me for not knowing uh, where those winter games Italy. are. It's in Italy. I, yeah. I want to go so bad. I She had that one ready to really go. really hard. Yes, I've looked into it, if you can tell. What city? Um, it's, so it's technically like considered two cities, but the main one is Milan. But then it's also like in the mountain side of like Northern Italy, like for all the skiing events and like the, mm. you know, it, there's some really beautiful places to ski up in the uh, Italian yeah. Alps. Cort- Cortina d'Ampezzo, which, which has hosted the, the winter Olympics in the past. Um, but yeah, now that like, that'll be the, 
the mountain home in Milan will be the all the like the indoor sports get them to it. So that yeah, that would have been twenty years from, since uh, since Torino held the Olympics. Yeah, hmm. yeah and, and I there's a there's a player for BU's women's team who's an, on the Italian national team and has been since she was like fifteen. So she'll be getting to play like pretty much in her hometown, which would be pretty cool. I would love to broadcast some women's hockey in the Olympics. So that's why I've already looked into it. So I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but I'm like, oh, I could go to Italy this time. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to, like, Italy's on my list of places I want to get to anyway. So I don't, I don't know that. I don't think it's going to be in the WEI budget. We'll Scott, we could the, take a skate pod road trip. Budget, but. Like, we could take a skate pod road trip. Well, I'm hoping someone pays me to go. That's what I'm hoping for. But but anyway, I'll go to Italy. I'll find the money for Italy no matter what. I've been to Italy so many times. I was there in September. That's like one of my favorite maybe, places to go. So maybe you'll be maybe you'll be broadcasting. That's what I hope. That's what I hope. Um so uh, so okay, so my first reaction it's like it, uh, you wish that your reaction would be like excitement and it is but my, my my initial reaction is just like well yeah it's about time like i it, it's annoying because it's still two years away and it's like you know the best player the the current best players in the world like we'll all be approaching 30 right like the mcdavids dry Pasternak, matthews like all these guys they're already like like they're they'll be approaching 30 and then you gotta wait another four years after that so you know in in all actuality you know all these players will you know you'll get a couple Olympics out of these players because they'll be they'll still be representing their countries in their mid thirties. But you just wish like you just wish you, that, that that this was their all of their second Olympics. You wish you had yeah. one more Olympics with these players on best on best, and it should have been twenty twenty two. Because now it it's basically it's going to be one with all those guys in their prime, which is going to be awesome. But it, it should have been two, like two thousand twenty two. Yeah. All these guys were at the start of their primes and. And, and you really, you know, you missed, you probably missed the crossover of, you know, you, you might've had Austin, Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane on the top line. I don't know if Kane's still going to be going in 2026. Um, you know, Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby, like both still at an elite level. Now look, maybe Crosby will still be at an elite level in, in 2026. I got, I'm not putting anything past that guy, but he'll be what, 38, 39. So um, oh my god, that you, makes me feel so old. And, oh god. And as it as it directly ties to the Bruins, you know, Brad Marchand still has never been to the Olympics and obviously would have been a lock for Canada for the last two, but the NHL didn't go. So now, you know, he already said we, we talked to him about it um on Sunday, I think, or maybe Monday. Um he said, like, yeah, that is a goal. He's already you know, made it a point to to make that a goal of his to still be playing at a high enough level and by 2026 to to make that team. But it's no with the talent that Canada has, there's no question like that is that's tough. Like that's to to make that team at age 37 will would be incredibly impressive. And again, a guy who is as driven as Marchand, I'm not going to put anything past him, but. Um, it, it would suck. Like it would suck if his game does drop off just enough to where he misses out on that team. And, you know, you're talking about, I think Brad Mushin is going to be a hall of famer and he may very well never get to play in the Olympics, which 
that that last one hurt. Like that last one looked like they were going, and then all of a sudden, and like towards the end, it was like no, actually, because like COVID cases started going up. I'm still upset about it. Um, uh, and by the way, that would have been Bergeron's last one. Uh, yeah. that like that there's a lot of like that would have been McAvoy's first. Like that would have been. There would have been a lot of really interesting storylines. Boston would have been heavily represented as well. So like there would have been there would have been a lot of different teams to watch if you're a Bruins fan. Um yeah, it that one hurt. And I'm someone who once it's Olympic time, don't even talk to me about anything else because like when I was in college, I forget what the hell Olympics was that. I don't know. It was Yep. Would have been 2014, right, Sochi? Yeah. Yeah, it must have been. Um, I was in class. I don't think I learned anything those two weeks. I had my laptop open to hockey only. I was Mm -hmm. awake at 3 a.m. watching hockey, driving my roommate insane, driving my boyfriend insane. Um, I didn't care. I didn't Mm. want to talk about anything besides the Olympics. (laughs) Well, so when is the – to that point, I feel like the last – so Sochi was in the, uh, the last two Olympics was that, that they were, the players were in the NHL players. It was Sochi. It was, uh, Oh, Vancouver. Bank, Vancouver, Vancouver was North America. Yeah. I was going to say, when's the last time NHL players were playing the Olympics in North America so we could watch them at normal times. But yeah, it was, it was Vancouver. And then, um, so Salt Lake city was the last U S host, right? I don't know if there's, I don't know how far in advance they plan them. I don't know if it's even on the, well, the I know, I know a bid. What was that? Didn't Georgia have a bid, like Atlanta or some? Well, that would have been summer. Yeah. Maybe. Um, But yeah, I know Salt Lake City is putting together a bid for 2030, which they haven't selected yet. So you could see it back in the U.S. in, you know, six years. That was, I I don't know where you guys were, but so the, the, um, yeah, the Sochi Olympics were college, but the, um, the, the Vancouver Olympics, I was in high school. And so I, like, that was, that was fun to watch. Um, Sydney Crosby game winner. Yeah. Gold that, medal overtime. That was, Jack was they scored with like 2.5 seconds left in regulation yeah. and then Crosby scored an overtime. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was backbreaking. Um, yeah. I, I was, I was, in college I, was for that one. Done, I was the biggest Sydney Crosby fan in high school. I said, I want team USA to win unless Sydney Crosby scores the game winner. And I was, I was happy. <laughs> it was a good game. It was a great game. Well, and, and 2010 on the women's side, Canada beat the U S yeah. in overtime. And it was Marie Philly Poulin who scored the winner and she was a BU student at the time. So it was like, wow. it was crazy. Cause it's like, man, like I, you know, I've been to a bunch of her games at Walter Brown and like, there she is, you know, I think she was 19 at that point. I mean, mm. she's still one of the best players in the world, you know, 14 years later. Yeah. I just, broadcast um, that was really game. the start of it. I just broadcast her game. What was it? Sunday. Cause Montreal, she plays for Montreal. They were playing Boston at Sanga center. Yep. And then, um, Torino, Torino was in 06. I think, I think the U S were, in and out of that tournament quicker than my algebra test lasted that week. Uh, and then 2002, that was, that was in my, in my lifetime, uh, the 20, the 2002 Olympics were the, fu- I think the funnest ones to watch. Cause I was, I was under 10 years old, but that was just such a fun tournament. Like you, you, um, go play like NHL 03 with Jerome McGinley on the cover back in the, this, this is how long ago we're talking. I think, you know, uh, Vanessa Carlton was the top hit of the, of the year back then. 
that was that was a fun tournament. I mean, that that team Canada was stacked. Bridget, I'm just trying to get people, you know, the pop culture references. So, you know, thousand miles, you know. But that team Canada was was absurd. You look at that roster. I mean, I, I kind of want to pull it up, but it was filthy. And the U.S. team was sick too. You want to know one of my other favorite like Olympic memories was T.J. Oshie just like crapping on people in the shootouts. Like T.J. Oshie just just send just keep sending them. How? How on God's green earth was that 10 years ago? Holy smokes. What is going on? All right. Um, also, I did want to bring up the Kucherov thing. What'd you, what were your thoughts on that? Personally, I don't care. I, I do think he was a bit of a jackass for it. Because like, nobody nobody wants to be – none of those players want to be at the All-Star game or the All-Star weekend. First of all, it, sh- it should be it should be an honor. Um, the, the All-Star weekend festivities have – plummeted significantly in my opinion in the last 15 20 years it's not what it used to be um that said nobody wants to be there we all know it's 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 a fake weekend it's kind of a mockery but to make a mockery of a mockery it's it's kind of just like dude nobody wants to be there like don't don't be don't don't flatter yourself yeah it i guess in the grand scheme of things i don't care too much but yeah in the moment it's like I don't know, you know, put in an honest effort at least. Like, I, I do think most of the guys in that skills competition were were pretty into it for the most part. I think as it went on and some guys fell further back, you kind of tell, you know, maybe some guys started losing interest who didn't have a chance of winning the million dollars anymore. But um, hell, I would I would work my ass off for an extra million dollars. I know that doesn't oh, mean yeah. a whole lot to them, but also they don't get paid like NBA players. They're not making fifty six million dollars a year, like. You know, a million. You know, but don't ever, don't ever just be like, nah, I don't need it. <laughs> I mean, even for the top guys, it's like that's an extra ten percent almost added to your salary. Like that's yeah. I think, I think sometimes like these guys and and, and John Bucciagras had a had a tweet that was pretty pretty long and and um, but it was thoughtful. But like when I like people, I think sometimes these players can lose sight potentially like the 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 masses that you reach with with who you are. And like when I was younger. Um, my favorite team was maybe it was because of the movies, but my favorite team when I was young, young was was the Mighty Ducks because of the movies and the uniforms. And I, Paul Korea was my favorite player. And I wore number nine because he was my favorite player to watch. Not not even so much the fashion segment, Bridget, but thanks for having the trigger. Um, <laughs> but like my point is like if I was younger and say I went to the 1996 NHL All Star Game and in, in skills competition, and I and I saw Paul Korea like just like looking miserable and not trying. Um, because you're a kid, I don't think you care too much because you don't really know what's going on. But you like my point is like you have kids in in, in uh, the Air Canada Center that are like it's he's probably their favorite player, and it's like can you not like just like put on an effort for like like the kids that are there like that's who it's for. It's not for you. It's not for the the parents paying for the the seats. It's for you know the kids in the audience. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, again, ultimately, I think people still had plenty to to watch and be like. Connor McDavid obviously put on a show. McCarr, McKinnon were great. A couple of the Toronto guys were in it until pretty late. So the, the hometown crowd had something to cheer about. And yeah, it was it was just kind of it was kind of bizarre to see because it was like he clearly just gave up. Um and you know that that was like the end of his night. Like it, other guys struggled in the um like the target shooting, the accuracy. Like Pasternak struggled a little bit in that one. 
And then Leon Dreisaitl really struggled and took like a minute to hit all four. But it's like, you could tell he was at least trying, you know, for whatever reason, he just didn't have a shot going. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kucherov just totally mailed it in, um, you know, which. I don't know about you guys, but like, if you're already forced to be there, like you're there. What the hell does it hurt you to just like sp- uh, expend some energy for five minutes? Like, it, that's what I don't get. Like, if I'm in a location and I'm already there, I'm there. Like, I'm doing it the right way because otherwise, like, why even be there? You know, so I, I, that's my thing. Like, what did what did it hurt to, to do it? I also really could care less. He's not someone that I was particularly interested in how he was going to do in that. But whatever. Yeah, one of the I think one of the funniest tweets to come out of the weekend though is someone quoted that video, and just put like this is Pierre Luc Dubois every game. <laughs> it's well, he's, <laughs> he's he's bouncing around team to team, and, and no coach seems to like him. But that, that is hilarious, though. Well, now he's got another coach to try because uh, the Kings fired theirs. Not that it was all because of Dubois, obviously. Like that whole team right. is just falling apart. But that was another you know fairly but you do feel- league, league story over the break. Yeah, and he was someone that we talked about last deadline. Like, I I don't know. Good thing that that didn't uh, come to fruition. But you, you feel like he's one of the players Dowdy was talking about when he was like, you know, players are in it for themselves oh, yeah. and whatnot. That um, was that was like we don't hear that in Boston at all. So when I heard mm-hmm. like, and I don't hear even hear that in like college. I don't know. Um, that was the first time in a while I've heard someone just completely throw their team under the bus like that. And and you want to know what? I don't even I wouldn't even call it throwing them under the bus. You're being honest. Like you just don't really usually see it play out in the media, but he's clearly frustrated and just like totally had it with their shit. Yeah, it's like like you might expect, you know, John Tortorella to say that at some point, but like not not a player. You know, not not no. about his teammates. And and obviously Drew Doughty has the cachet to to say that, especially with, with that franchise. Like he he knows what a team that is committed like a cup contender looks like. So, um, I would, you know, I mean, good, good on him on calling it out, but yeah, I would love to see did. him just like yell, yelling at those guys in the locker room, like whoever that was directed at. Like, I want a follow up video of him being like, yeah, I was talking about you. Like, yeah, fucking try harder. One, one final takeaway I had from, from All Star Weekend was uh, Gary Bettman speaking with the media and, being kind of asked about NHL uh, expansion, relocation, and boy, uh, he doesn't seem like he's in a rush to get Quebec a hockey team or anybody. Basically, his his, his tenor was, mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, where you are, you, you got to fill out certain requirements and, and be willing to pay the piper. And and, and if you do that, I'll I'll be interested in you. From what I understand, and this from like an, a source, like not that I have many, but um. They're they actually are really not like they'll entertain the idea of adding Quebec, but I was told they'll never go back to Quebec. Never. Like, doesn't matter about the facility. I was told that it's not an option to go back to Quebec City. Um, for believe it or not, like political reasons. Uh so I I I don't hundred percent understand it, but there's like there there's some politicking that has to do with Quebec City and um, I think French Canadian people in general, my people. Um, but yeah, um, like <laughs> someone was telling me that like, it's not as bad anymore, at least as far as I know, but like, there's like a real separatist movement there at certain times throughout like Quebec's history, where it was like, 
we don't mm. even want to be part of Canada. So yeah, um, I mean that that's always been there. I think yes, it, it it would it would definitely have to be a relocation. Like I don't think it, they would it would never be an expansion team that goes to Quebec. I don't think. Um, the problem is is like. Yeah, you think any Canadian market, okay, obviously they're going to be passionate. They're going to care. There's, you know, going to be fans. But internationally or at like a league-wide level, they are outside of Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Like they are relatively small markets. And you even see that in Winnipeg, who is like bottom third of the league in attendance this year with a really good team. And it's like, because they have a small building and they're not even filling it. And it's like, okay, well, if, if Winnipeg itself isn't coming out, like then where's the interest league wide? Like you're not putting Winnipeg on national TV games, despite how good they are, because there just isn't that wider attention or care for that market. Well, um, and Quebec and, would be the same way. And it's oh, just yeah. like literally per capita, there's fewer people that could go. Or like fewer people that would watch. Like you think, you guys think Quebec would have would have trouble filling filling the, filling those stadium that those oh, seats? Oh, I don't think they not would have not trouble. initially, not initially. That they'd probably immediately sell out for three years. But if they're not if they're not a playoff team year four, five, six, then what happens? Like, is the interest going to stay there? Because if it starts to go south, like it's it's just, it's hard to get it back. And there's no, there just isn't enough attention and care like for that market to keep a team there, you know, afloat or relevant or whatever. It's like that team has to be a contender to really make an impact at like a league wide level. But is that a, is that a Quebec thing or is that just in general? Cause I mean, we saw it here in Boston, uh, they had a couple down years and it took until, a playoff push in 0708 for the garden to get full again. Um, it was half full for about two or three years there after the lockout. Um, I mean, Arizona, they finally sold out when they moved to a 2000 C college rank. Um, you can't tell me, not that you were saying out. this, totally. not that you're saying this, but like, I mean, there's a lot of markets where if the team's not good, the interest will go right to college football or anything really. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, Quebec but, would be. Well, I think the difference is that like, with Boston, there's a baseline where it's like, even if they're a fringe playoff team, you can throw them on national TV and people will tune in. And obviously, you know, there's only a certain number of markets that are like that, but it it does make it tougher. And like, let's just be honest, the US TV market is way bigger than the Canadian TV market. So the NHL cares more about US viewership. Like that that's just the financials of it um so they're i think they're always gonna be biased towards u.s markets which to bring this all the way back around if there is going to be a new city that gets a team at any point right now it's going to be salt lake city and it would most likely be with arizona relocating which sounds like something that could be coming towards the head um frank Valley reported on i think this was on tuesday that like a decision on Arizona's future could come as early as this weekend. Um, like it seems like things are really kind of at very quickly getting to a point of no return where it's like, they better have a plan in place and shovels in the ground or a new arena or they're on the move because 
I don't know if you guys heard Marty Walsh, who's a you know obviously former Boston mayor and now NHLPA president or whatever his title is. Um, he like ripped into Arizona and, and the Coyotes and was like basically said it's an embarrassment and this has to be figured out because playing four or five more years at Mullet Arena is just straight up not an option. Hmm. I mean, yeah. it doesn't seem like it should have ever been an option, but no. like <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's like how many, what's the capacity? Like 2000, like that's for, fewer for than hockey, it's like 44,000 or 4,500 or something. Okay. That's smaller than the Sangha center. Yeah. There's less like for people who like want a frame of reference. That's smaller than a lot of the hockey East ranks. <laughs> Hey, we love Sangus on this podcast. Yeah, we do. I'm saying um, relocate the Coyotes to the Sangus Center. <laughs> yeah. There we yeah. go. Problem solved. <laughs> the Lowell Coyotes. I like that. It's got a nice little ring to it. Every game's an away game There's for them. There's plenty of freaking Coyotes around here. I'll tell you that. So it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah, no, I mean, all good points, um, Scott. I, I, I know the NHL, they obviously prioritize the, uh, the, US, the U.S. market. I, I get that. Um, you know, I just, there's so many rivalries to be had, um, with Quebec. I mean, imagine if just, just hypothetically say, say the, say the Florida Panthers moved up to Quebec city and you got Barkov and Reinhardt and Matthew Kachuk, you know, representing Quebec city and they're playing Toronto and Montreal and Boston. I just love that so much. Um, oh, I, I would love it for sure. I'm like, I love Quebec city. So, so nice. I, I have to make some trips up there. That'd be great. My it's people. such a great city. Yeah. People. I, I guess like it, here, here, here's where I'll, where I'll leave it. Like I understand they prioritize the U S market. If, as long as you're going to have Canadian teams, like for example, Winnipeg, like I'd rather than be in Quebec city than Winnipeg, they're never not going to have Canadian markets. So one of those, I just, I'd rather it be Quebec over Winnipeg. Maybe that's the easy switch, but I don't know if that would ever happen. Um, in any event, Bridget Scott, we've gone a little bit long here. Uh, boy, an hour, 10 minutes. We talked about the Bruins for about 35. So <laughs> they should I, was hopefully... done, I was done after my opening shift. When yeah. I was just like, Meh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Maybe we we'll didn't get... talk about, we'd never talk about the Philly cheesesteaks. Thank God. Cause I'm still hungry. And <laughs> thanks for not bringing up food at, at any point in time. Cause I haven't. Well, this, is a, this is the second time today. Bridget's brought up food and telling us not to bring up food. Yeah. So maybe we gotta, <laughs> I think we need a new banner at the bottom for, for, uh, for food segments. But yeah. in the meantime, I think that probably wraps up. Do you have anything left to talk about? No, I other than qu quick look ahead. Like you got the Vancouver Canucks team with the best record in the NHL coming in on Thursday and should, should be a marquee matchup, but obviously the Bruins are going to have to bring a much better effort than, than what they showed on Tuesday. Absolutely. All right, Scott. Thanks for your time, Bridget. You keep you keep uh, party rocking over there, and we will talk to you all on. Good luck in your your search for your your secret admirer. Yeah, guys. If anyone, leave a comment if it was you. Um... <laughs> hey, be, be careful what you wish for over there. Be careful what you wish for. Um, but yeah. Anyway, of our viewers know where I live, but that's so. Let's hope. Hopefully, let's hopefully hope. Not. I'd be a little concerned. Uh, <laughs> let's hope not. Is this from Scott. Is this from you? I'll, I'll never Was tell. Was it for a woman in sports night? But it showed up a day late. Okay. Oh, brother. Scott. <laughs>
Maria in Watertown, if it was you, please, please speak up. (laughs) All right. uh, That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you Friday morning after the Bruins Canucks.